0: In this week's parsha, we have the story of Melchemes Midyon. And now after the Melchama, after the Yidin took the spoils from the war, el Azar tells the Yidin various different dinim related to the spoils. And he speaks to them about the dinim of kashering the kalim, kashering the vessels that were brought back from the Goyim. The Rebbe starts off the Sicha by saying... (coughs) In the parasha where the Yidden are being commanded about the dinim of Hagolas Claim Midyon, kashering the vessels of Midyon, the Ramban asks the following question. Why is it that the Yidden are being told of kashering the vessels of a non-Jew only by this war of Midyon and not earlier on? By the mulchama that they had with Sichon and Oig, where there they also took spoils. And surely, amongst the spoils, there would have also been vessels for eating. And therefore, they should have also been told there, the halachis of Kasher and Kelim. The Amban explains that the lands of Sichon and Oig were <clears throat> part of the land that the Yidden were going to inherit or going to keep. And that they, it was permitted to them, as the Gemara says, to have all of the spoils, including even things that were actually forbidden to eat. In fact, Amru Rabbi Seinu, Chazal tell us in the Gemara, that Kidli the Chaziri Ishterilu, that they were actually even allowed to take from the spoils and eat even parts of non-kosher animals, even bacon. However, Midian was not going to be a land that they're going to conquer, they're going to take over. Rather, it was only in order to take revenge from them. And therefore, here we didn't have this concept of that they were allowed to take from the things that were Asur, <clears throat> and therefore there is also an Isur, also a prohibition as far as their vessels are concerned. The Mefarshim ask, in this parsha in the Molchama of Midyan, the Yidn are also being commanded not only about kashering, the vessels of Goyim, but also the concept of toivling kalim that came from Goyim. As Rashi in fact brings on these psukim, and the Ramban himself also elaborates about this point of Teuvel and Kelim. So the question seemingly is, why is it that they weren't commanded earlier, again by the Mulchama of Sichen and why weren't they commanded over there about the idea of Teuvel and kalim? Says the Rebbe, here we cannot answer seemingly the same idea what we just answered for kashering. That since by the war of Sikh and Oig they're even allowed to have the actual non kosher food, and therefore they could have the non kosher kalim, this is not a good enough answer regarding toiveling kalim, because toiveling kalim is not because of any prohibition that is absorbed in the kalim, because the Halacha is that even if it's a brand new kalim that comes from a goi also needs to be toiveled. Rather, the reason is, as it says in Yerushalmi, because the keli is coming from the Tumah of a non-Jew, and coming into the Kedushah of a Yid, these kelim need to be toiveled. So seemingly, those kelim of Sicho and would have also need to been tevled, even if essentially the Iser wouldn't have been a problem, but they still need to be toiveled. So why weren't the dinim of Tevilas kelim mentioned in the Molchem of and Now the Rebbe says, even though the Ramban himself says, that, that is, that the Ramban himself suggests that possibly Teuvel in Kalim is only a Mederabonon, and that the posseg that we have in Pashas Matos regarding this is what's called only an Asmachta, it's only a support that Chachamim use, but the actual thing is only a Takon a Mederabonon to Teuvel Kalim, and therefore this would perhaps say that you can't ask why isn't this said by sichan Anoig because the whole thing is only a medirabonon anyways. We're just using a pasuk as a support. So we can't say, why didn't the Torah teach us this halacha? The Torah doesn't teach us the halacha at all. But the Rebbe says, seemingly, this isn't enough of an answer. First of all, the Ramban himself is, says himself, he's not sure about this. He says this needs to be further studied. That means he's in doubt whether maybe it is perhaps medir If it is medir Isa, then once again, it should have been said in the story of and Anoig. Secondly, says the Rebbe, even if it is only an Asmachta, only being used as a support, the question could still be, why didn't the Torah put in the Pasek to be used as a support by the Melchema Sichen Oig rather than putting it by melchemes And either way, the Rebbe says, we need to still understand, why doesn't the Ramban himself point out and ask this question, of what's going on with Tvilas Kalim? Why aren't they mentioned by Melchem and Anoig. The Rebbe says seemingly we would be able to answer this based on what it's known that not all mitzvahs were actually immediately given by Matan Torah. There are some mitzvahs that were given later, even all the way till the fortieth year. For example, Parshas Nachlois, the laws of how inheritance works, was only comes. Through the story with the daughters of Slavka that we had, as we had in the previous parsha and parsha's Pinchas and other mitzvahs, and therefore the Rebbe says we might say over here that you cannot ask why is it that Tvilas Kalim, the mitzvah of Tvilas Kalim, was not given earlier by Malchemes Sichon and Oig, because possibly the answer would be that it's only by Malchemes Midyan. Now is the time. Where this halacha, this mitzvah is being instituted. This is similar to a concept we have generally regarding matin and teyre, that nit Torah halacha, that certain halachas take effect only when matin Torah started. And the same thing could be said about other mitzvahs, that certain mitzvahs only come into effect at a certain time. So you can't ask why wasn't this mitzvah give, told earlier, because this mitzvah didn't start only until later, till the Ebesh to now is the time, by Melchem Esmidyon, now is the time when this mitzvah is going to start. I, if that's the case, why does the Ramban ask this regarding Kasher and Kelim? Why can't you say the same thing, that Kasher and Kelim, this is only the time when it starts, is because it's mukhrech to say, there is a necessity to say, that the concept of a Isur, balua meaning, the fact that we know that a prohibition of food is not only on actual food, but even on food that's absorbed in a keli, this concept that that would make the keli oser, and therefore there would be a problem, we actually know that it did exist already before Mulchem Esmidyon. How is that? Says the Rebbe, earlier on in the Torah, in Pasha's Tzav, the Pasuk over there is speaking about a chatos, that's carbon chatos, that's cooked in a keli, and the carbon the apostric says that an earthenware vessel that the carbon was cooked in needs to be broken. If it was in a clean chosen, in a copper kaylee, then it also needs to be purged and rinsed in water, etc. Why is that? Rashi explains on the word Yeshaver that it needs to be brought broken is because it had absorbed the meat of the carbon chatos. The meat of a carbon, as we know has a certain amount of time when it's allowed to be eaten, after that it's called noisar. So anything left in the pot, anything absorbed in the pot, would now be noisar. Similarly, regarding the klinochoshes, on the words, umoyrak veshutov that it needs to be purged and rinsed, Rashi also says, lifloit as bliyosoi, to be able to get rid of that which it had absorbed. In other words, the general concept that a Cayley could absorb Isur, and that that's not allowed and it needs to be gotten rid of, we know already from earlier in the Torah. This is why the Rambam asks regarding this idea of kasher and kalim to get rid of the isur that's inside of it. Why is it only by melchemes Midyon that the Yidden are being told to be kasher and their kalim? Why aren't they being told earlier by the Mulhemas Sichen and But again, as far as Tvilas Kalim, Perhaps the time for this halacha didn't come yet. But the Rebbe says it's still not 100% smooth. Since the Ramban is generally speaking and mentioning both of these ideas, he is speaking about kasher and kalim. he mentions about tevilas kalim. why didn't he mention at least briefly this difference that exists between these two? That it was time already for the halachas of kasher and kalim, but not for the time of tevilas kalim. And that's why he's only asking the question regarding giulino, uh, giul, the, the, the kashering of the kelim, getting rid of the Easter that was absorbed in the kelim. <coughs> the Rebbe says similarly to this, and even more so, the Rebbe says it's not understood in regards to what some of the other Mefarshim answer of why it is that Tvilas kelim, was not mentioned earlier by the Melchemists of Sichen and Oig. The Rebbe does not go into all of their answers and the problems with their answers, but the Rebbe does say in addition to the fact that there are questions on each one of their answers, and the Rebbe says this is not the place to discuss it, but a more general question that applies to all of them is, why isn't the Ramban dealing with this question? So, yes, they all have different answers, but the question still remains of why didn't Ramban address this directly? So as the Rebbe, we're going to understand this based on another two general questions in regards to the whole concept of Tvilas Kalim. It is known what the Noida Yehuda and the Chassam Soifer write that when we sell the Chomets to a Goy for Pesach, we shouldn't sell Kalim. And that is, because if you're going to sell the actual Kalim to the Goy, then when you buy back the Kalim after Pesach, you're going to need to toivel the Kalim. However, says the Rebbe, in the Nusach star of the Altar Rebbe, it says clearly that we are selling the Kalim Mechum We are selling the Kalim that have chametz, that have chametz clearly visible on them. Actual chametz. In other words, that even the kalim that we sell to the goi, even these kalim, the kalim of chametz, we are selling to a goy. Nevertheless, says the Rebbe, we don't find that the alter Rebbe should come along and say that after Pesach, we need to go toyvel the kalim. And practically, the Rebbe says, we don't find that people are toiveling kalim. The Rebbe says, the Shahr HaKoylel answers that since the alter Rebbe himself tells us that Kelim that actually have chomets on them. Over here he's saying clearly which kelim are being sold to the goy. Kelim that actually have chomets on them. We also know that there's a halacha. That a kelim that you're not planning to kasher for Pesach. You still need to scrub it well and rinse them well. That so You shouldn't have any chomets noticeable on it. Says the Shara Koil, what would come out is that the kelim that you use for the suda actually never end up being sold at all because you should have been cleaning them from any chomets on it. And it's only kelims, the only dishes that you use for food, for meals, are the ones that you're going to be chayiv to toivel. So therefore, in other words, the shara koilul is basically saying that it never ends up that you're going to have chomets on the kalim, and therefore being sold, so therefore you won't end up having to toivel them. But the Rebbe says this answer is not understood. This halacha that you need to scrape, you need to clean off the kalim, applies to all kalim. And therefore, says the Rebbe, since kalim that you are going to rub off, are not going to be included, according to the Shara Koylel, in what's being sold, then what was the al Rebbe referring to? Which kalim was he referring to when he's mentioning in the Shtar Mechiru that are being sold with the chametz? In other words, make up your mind. If every kalim you're going to clean, then nothing is being sold. But the Alter Rebbe says... That there are kalim that are being sold, so we must say that the shtar mechir is basically dealing with if, for whatever reason, you didn't end up cleaning those kalim. In other words, the Alter is saying if you didn't end up cleaning certain kalim, they do end up being sold to the guy. If that's the case, we're back to square one. The question: Why don't we need to be toiveling these kalim after Pesach? Says that Rebbe, we must say that even though these kli suuda that have chametz clearly on them are being included in the Mechida to the Goy, and yet, for some reason, the Alter Rebbe holds that they don't need to have Tvilo. We need to understand why that is. Now the Rebbe moves on to another, another question regarding Shavuos. And the Rebbe says, we know that one of the reasons we eat Milchiks on the first day of Shavuos is as a Zeicher, at to remember, to commemorate the fact that the Yidin ate Milchiks on the day of Matan Torah. Why was that? Since the Yidden were just given the mitzvah of Shechita by Matan Torah, like most mitzvahs were given then, so immediately all of the Flesheke food and Kalim that they had became forbidden. Why is that? Because before Matan Torah they didn't have the din of Bar Zvicha. What, which, what this means is, is they didn't have the status to be able to shecht. Even if technically they would have done a shchita, they're not called someone that can shecht. And therefore, any of the previous food would not be allowed to be eaten. Any meat, anything cooked with meat, and their kalim, and so on. They also cannot go ahead on the day of Matan Torah to shecht new animals and to kasher their kalim, because everyone agrees (coughs) that the Torah was given on Shabbos. Therefore, the only thing left for them to eat is if milchiks. Says, the Rebbe, we could ask the following question. How could they eat milchiks? In other words, in other words like this, how, the main question is going to be regarding cooked foods of milchiks. It says, the Rebbe says doichik, to say that they only had butter and milk, but not anything cooked. The Rebbe says, in fact, if that would be the case, that should have somehow been <coughs> commemorated or hinted in the way we have the minuk these days, that we only have things that are not cooked, of milchiks. But either way, the Rebbe says, <coughs> <coughs> seemingly they should have had to kasher their a kelim, because these kelim would have been ke- become aser from the fact that they wouldn't have been careful earlier of cooking meat inside of the same kalim, or perhaps even a mixture of milk and meat. Says, the Rebbe says the truth is this is not a question. Why? Because it makes sense to say that when the Yidin leave Mitzrayim, knowing that when you leave Mitzrayim, you're going to be serving the that this mountain, you're going to be getting the Torah. Yidin were already being careful in the mitzvahs, even in the mitzvahs of basar B'cholov, and therefore they would have had separate dishes for milchiks, and it, therefore there is no isor in the dishes of any fleshic of food inside of them, or of a mixture of milk and meat. Again, just to reiterate, the reason why it was a problem with the meat is because technically even if they would have shechted, it wouldn't have been good enough. But milchiks, is no problem if they were careful before, the kalim are perfectly fine. In addition to this, says the Rebbe, there are certain kalim that, generally, just because of their shape, the way they're made, they're going to be more usable only for milchika types of food. So clearly, they had dishes that would have been good for milchika food. But the question that remains with all of this is: what about toiveling the kalim? Yes, it's all very nice that they didn't have to kasher the kalim because there was no isur inside of it. Because I said they would have, would have been careful not to have meat in those kalim earlier. <laughs> but by Matan Torah, the Yidden, as to use the words of the Yerushalmi before, they went into what's called Kedushas Yisroel. So seemingly, because of this reason, they should have needed to tovel all their kalim, because these kalim previously didn't weren't under the Kedushas Yisroel. So therefore, we have over here again the same question, how are the Yidden able to use these Milchike kalim without toveling them? The Rebbe says, we discussed many times, that we could learn from Pirish Rashi al-Atoira, in Yonim of Flayim, fascinating, amazing things, also in this in the area of Halacha. Now, even though we know Rashi comes to explain just Pshuteh Shul Mikra, which therefore tells us that you can't come along and Paskan Halacha from those in Yonim of Halacha, which would come out of Rashi's explanation of Erech However, there are places where Rashi is bringing down things, not only sort of on his own explaining the Pesach, but But when he comes along and he says something like, "Rabbi, <coughs> or similar expressions, which from this we understand that even though, yes, it's a drash, it is a drasha, that the reason Rashi is bringing it is because it's part of helping us understand Peshteshul Mikra, and that's why Rashi is bringing it, but nevertheless, it is something that also fits and can be learned also in the style of Rabbi Seinu Darshu, meaning we could use it also in the area of Halacha. It says the Rebbe the same thing in our case that the explanation for all of these issues with Tvilas Keilim could be understood from a Rashi in this parasha on these Psukim, where Rashi brings this idea of Tvilas Keilim. on the words where the pasuk says about the vessels that were brought back from the spoils of Midian. The Pasuk says, That it needs to be purified, sprinkled with, the water of sprinkling. Rashi says, The simple meaning of the Pasuk, why these waters needed to be sprinkled, was to purify them, from the tumma of a corpse. That is, that Elazar is telling the Yidden, that these kalim need two things. First of all, you need to kasher the kalim. We need to purge those Kalim, Isur, to purify them from the Isur that they had absorbed. And then they also need to be sprinkled, to pure purify them from the tumor. Because it could have come in contact with a dead body. Then Rashi says, say that we actually learn out another concept from here. Isur Hit in That the that the water over here is not just about making it pure from Tumas maize, but it's also coming La'Chirun to make it kosher from Isur. So what is Rashi telling us? Rashi is telling us here is that the idea of Tvila's Kalim is actually connected with Isur, with removing it in some way from the Isur that it had. La'Chirun mino Isur. But this seems to be very difficult. Because the halacha is that even new kalim need to be toivled, as we mentioned earlier, even if it never absorbed any iser. And as the Gemara explains, that if you had old kalim, the, and you, you made them new, as if they're brand new, it would still need to have tevilah. In other words, something new it still needs to have tevilah, new kalim. Furthermore, Rashi himself explains the words, <coughs> on the end of the Pesach. Where it says. that Any vessels that weren't used originally. With direct fire. Taviru what does Taviru mean? Rashi says. Anything that wasn't used with fire. And Iser was not absorbed in it. Rashi says clearly there was no Iser absorbed in it. Taviru Bamoim means toivel it. And then that's enough. So the question is, if it's clearly speaking about Kalim, that there was no isur that went into it, <coughs> why did Rashi say earlier that the point of it is is lachshiron min ha isur? Says the Rebbe, we're going to understand this <coughs> by first looking carefully at the words of Rashi. Adiuk and Lashon Rashi. By kashering the Kalim, getting rid of what was absorbed from the isur. Rashi used the term, to purify it from the Isar. So too, when he speaks about the idea of purifying it from the Tumah, in the first Pirush of Rashi, which he calls L'fi P'shutoi, he says, When he then speaks about the concept of Toivel in Kelim, he uses the term, What does this word, mean? The Rebbe says, it's with this change of, Terminology within one sentence, basically changing the term from latahram to lachshiram by hagala, by purging it, by getting rid of the iser. He uses the word latarum, and by t'vila he uses the word lachshiron. Rashi is actually explaining us the, this main difference between hagala and Tvila. And the Rebbe explains the term tara is shaykh, It's used by something that had in it either tumah or iser. And therefore, when we're performing Hagola, when we're removing the Iser that was absorbed in the Keli, we use that term, Lektar, and we purified it now from the Iser. What does the word Lachshiron mean? Lachshiron actually means to make it fit. It's a word of preparing something, getting it ready, like a Hekshar Mitzvah. The Keli is now ready, it's fit to be able to be used. In other words, what Tevila is doing is not about taking out an actual isur that was in the Keli. That was accomplished already through the hagala, Or perhaps there wasn't even any isur. As we said in some cases, it may have been a new Keli. Lachshira min a means, we want to make this Keli now fit for being used by a Yid. In other words, we want to make this Keli into a state where it's completely going to be out of the possibility for it. There shouldn't be any potential for becoming Osir. In other words, it's going now into a new state where now it's going to be completely removed from the concept of Iser. That is, when the Keli was in the Rishus of the Goy, even if practically he didn't use it with Iser, or as we said before, the Rebbe doesn't mention it, or as we said before, maybe it was used, now it was already, we kashared it. But the fact that it was by the Goy, there was a possibility to be used with Iser. And therefore, the fact that now it's going into the reshus of a Yid, it's going into a use, where there's not going to be even any possibility to use it with an isur. the Kaili needs now something special. It's a Tevil L'Hachshiron to make it fit Min isur again, from the possibility of even ever becoming Osr. It's going in now to a whole new state of belonging to a Yid, where there's not going to be a possibility for isur. Where do we find this concept that we want to take something away even from even having the potential of the or The Rebbe says we find something in this very parsha, Something very similar. <coughs> in connection to the story of, in the story of Midian. So, the Torah tells us regarding the women of Midian. It says, Any woman that had relations with a man, you should kill. And, as it's explained, as Rashi explains, that this doesn't actually only mean any woman that practically had relations with a Yid, but even someone that, even a woman that was of age that could have had relations, even if she did not practically have relations, she also had to be dealt with. Says the Rebbe, the same thing over here. We're speaking about a keli that has the potential of becoming also, That's what l'akhshiron mino Isr means. Says the Rebbe, this is why, even if we have a new keli, or even a kalim that was used with cold rather than with, with heat also needs to be toivled, even though they didn't actually absorb any isur, because the actual fact that they were within the domain they belonged to a goy. With this itself, they were roy; they were capable to become Usur, and this is what we are toivling now. Now them toivling these kalim from now to remove them from this possibility completely, this connection to isur. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand all the questions that we had before we have answers to all of them. Number one, why is it that Amban is only asking this question regarding Kasher in Kalim? Why doesn't he ask the question regarding Tevilas Kalim? Number two, why is it that we don't have to tovel the Kalim that we sold to the Goy as Chametz? And number three, how are the Eden right after Mount Toida able to use their Milchica Kalim without toveling them? Says the Rebbe, remember that Amban the Ramban is actually discussing Rashi. He's quoting Rashi on the words of Boesh. The Ramban is having a pilpul in the words of Rashi. In other words, Ramban is coming to discuss Rashi's Shitta, basically. Now, we just said that Rashi is of the opinion that the Tvila is clearly Lach Shirun to make it fit, which we explained from having any connection, any possibility, any potential for Isr says that now we can understand why the Ramban doesn't have to ask the question, why aren't the kalim being toiveled by Melchem Esichon and Oig? Because the same answer he gives regarding Hagolah, why they don't need to be kashered, and that is because they were even able to have things that were clearly non-kosher, and definitely the kalim of non-kosher things, is also going to apply to why we are not going to those kalim. In other words, if by Melchem Esichon and the whole concept of the Isur didn't apply even to the actual non-kosher things, so automatically there's nothing to discuss either about efshorius Yisr, of the possibility of an Yisr, which is the point of tevila l'achshiron mina ha' We're not even worried about the Yisr itself. There is no Yisr over here. So there's no point of discussing a tevila which is going to be l'achshiron min mina Just to clarify briefly, in the beginning of the Sicha, the Rebbe was going with the opinion of the Yerushalmi, that was saying that the point of toveling them is to take them from the uh, because it's coming into the kedusha of Yisroel, and that's why over there we couldn't have answered that the Ramban said already that the isur doesn't apply anyways because our question was but what about that fact that it's coming to the kedushah of Yisrael? but now we're learning differently the whole point of tovila according to Rashi the is also lachshiron mino isur so if the by Melche, Mesich, and oig the whole isur didn't apply. The, the tevila for l'achshirin m'neissor, obviously also doesn't apply. What about Mechiras chametz? Even though we're selling the chametz to a goy, the kalim chametz and the chametz to the goy, we're even giving him the keys to the rooms where the chametz is. However, when we sell him the chametz, we're selling it in a way that lechat know that after Pesach, it's going to belong to the Yid again. Then Rebbe says it's very uncommon that the goy should actually go ahead and use the sold chametz and the kalim. In fact, there are even acharoinim that want to say that the whole concept of mechiras chametz is kein haarom. It's almost sort of, almost like a little bit of a trick. But for chametz, that's enough. In other words, not a regular sale. But either way, the Rebbe says, since the is in a way that the goy practically is not going to be able to use the kalim, therefore you also don't need to have the tevilah the it mino to make it now fit from its state of potential iser, because as we said there was no potential sir In fact, says the rebbe, if the goy should go ahead and use those kalim, then what you're going to have a bigger problem. It's not only going to be a question of toveling the kalim; you're actually going to have to kasher the kalim. And finally, says the rebbe, in regards to eating milk son shavuos, as discussed. Before Matan Torah, the Eden were careful about bosor B'cholov. And therefore, the, so their Kli Cholov, their Milchik HaKalim, not only didn't they have any Yisr in them, not only didn't have any Flesheks in them, but furthermore, <coughs> there wouldn't have even been any potential for it. The Eden were not shy of the whole concept of mixing milk and meat, as said before. And therefore, their Kalim, these milky kekeum don't need to be toyvled because you don't have this concept of la khiran min isr we need to remove them <laughs> from the potential that they had for isr because they never had that potential at all from from the outset